Are these elephants? Those are pins. Now say hi, Deborah. Say hi. No. Hi. Yeah. This is Emma, and thanks for listening to Uncle B's podcast. Not many folks who do podcasts or interviews get an opportunity to interview three generations of a family, three generations whom are mothers. Today we are joined by my grandmother, mother, and sister. We have a discussion about the three gener- how the three generations are different. I got to hear some stories that I've never heard before. I encourage you to have similar experience and talk with earlier generations. You'll be surprised what you know and didn't know. I hope you enjoy. All right. Yep. Without a doubt, one of the most influential, extraordinary people in our lives are ordinary people. Our mothers. Motherhood is the inconsequential inconvenience of being another person something. Award-winning author and, and columnist Mitch Albin says it like this. When you, are, when you look at your mother, you're looking at the purest love you can ever have. Mothers teach us acceptance, tolerance, bravery, and compassion. One of Charlie Rose's greatest regrets is he never got to interview his parents and family. I am lucky enough to start that process today. It is my pleasure to welcome three generations of mothers, my mother Nancy Martin, her mother and my grandmother Jane Dempsey, who is a mother of six girls, and my sister Erin Martin, a mother of my two buddies Zoe and Emma. I'm delighted to join them around my grandmother's table today, and as they say, there's no place like home except grandma. One of my favorite quotes about women came from former New York City mayor and presidential candidate Mike Bloomberg, where he said, All of my success, everything I've done, is thanks to the strong women that I've been lucky enough to surround, be surrounded by. I'm considerably lucky to be surrounded by you today in my whole life who embody strong women. So I want to start off, like, who are some strong women that you've admired in your life? I guess we'll start by generation. Oh, not, not meaning in the family. Yeah, just uh, strong women in your li- that you've admired. Period. Oh. Generally, um, I I think I remi- admired my grandmother on my mother's side, and of course my mother. But I I truly admired my grandmother because back then life was not easy, and uh, she always had. Uh, Dinner it was not really lunch. She always had dinner for my <clears throat> uncle Bill because he was a widow, and and uh, they all lived in Havistraw, and uh, she would always cook a full dinner for lunch for him, and and if you went, even if you were hungry, you would have to sit down and eat that dinner too. So you try not to really go at lunchtime, but uh, I I thought she was a strong woman, and I admired her for that. Next generation would be mine. I have two. Actually, it's my grandmother growing up. You always saw her as someone you admired. Um, I think it was more uh, the way she dressed. You never saw her not always looking together. And then I admired my mother when she returned back to school to better herself, um, and which I also did uh, many years later. Um, I think that's the reason why I admire you so much, because 
she's always been sick in some sort of way and you would never know it. And she went back to school to better her lives and for us, for you and I, Brendan. Um, and growing up, you don't really see how hard it is until you have your own job and you have your own children and realize that that's a big deal to go back to school and have kids. So, and have a full-time job still. So, how do you think the role of mothers have changed in your life? Oh, I I think uh, mothers today have a, a a really bigger burden than I do. Um because I think they they have so much to do with you know, making sure, even though they work, a lot work, and then they have to come home and make sure the dinner's on, and then a lot of the kids are in sports, and they're running, and, and they do everything for their children, they really do. They take them to soccer games, or, or baseball games, and, and, and uh, you know, and wherever they're involved in, and, and hopefully church, because faith is a big thing, and, um, I, I, I think it's a stressful life for, for young mothers today. I also have to agree. I think our society is now um, <coughs> all college bound. So mm -hmm. they go on to school for four years, or like my daughter who went on for her doctorate degree for what she wanted to be her whole life um, as being in physical therapy. And now she works long hours because you also have college loans. So there's a double amount, not just a mortgage that you share with your husband, but the long hours of work mm -hmm. and raising your children and doing everything right for them because they are your priority, is your children. I think that we experience different roles throughout the generations. Like I look at my grandmother and my mother as like they were they were, their role was to, you know, cook and, and be there for their children and do everything around the house. Whereas I feel like now in my life, our, me and my husband, our roles are truly separated where we wouldn't be able to get through a day's tasks without the other one. And even my mother-in-law for that instance, you know, it's, it's almost expected that she's going to cook and clean and do all of those tasks. Whereas my husband does just as much as I do, and there's no way that we would get through it without each other. What do you think the best thing about being a mother is and the worst thing about being a mother? Oh, I, um, the best thing for me as being a mother is to take pride in my children and all they have accomplished. And, um, and I truly have so much love for them. And I think they give the same love back to me. Um, I think the closeness, I have a very close relation to, to all my daughters, which is very important to me. And I think to them too, because we're caring. Caring is the big thing in the family, and respect. And, uh, you know, um, I, think, I, I think the worst thing about being, uh, being a mother is being overburdened sometimes. It's just like worrying. You worry about your children. No matter how old they get, you, you always worry about them. Uh, when bad things come to them, they come to you too. And that's how it, it's, 
you can't change things with with what you like to do with but uh that's uh um family's a big thing to me the best thing for me i i'd have to agree um from generation to generation i think your love of your children is just endless and you would do anything for them even if you possibly couldn't have you would find a way to do it mm -hmm. to fix them or try to help them you know and like my mother said is you're it is you constantly worry about your children you know even mm -hmm. though you also have uh, I still have, you know I have my husband and we'll talk about it and he'll say oh, they're fine they're fine because the husband always kind of puts it back not that my father ever did he worried just as much <laughs> he was he was different mm -hmm. but um, yeah I think that's pretty much the same as being a mother mm -hmm. uh, I think the worst thing about being a mother now is the guilt that I'm not home. My kids are three and four and I have to work in order to afford our house and expenses and the fact that I wasn't able to be a stay-at-home mom during these really important years. Um, so you feel guilty that you can't be there. Although I know that one day they're gonna look back and know that I I um I did everything for them. So the best thing about being a mother is so like I said, they're young, but every day is something new and it's fun and watching them grow into their own personalities and knowing that ultimately no matter what they do what you do they still love you and they hug you and they kiss you and they just bring you more joy than you could ever imagine. What has one thing that you've done that you don't think your mother knew about? Uh, when I was growing up? Yeah. Okay. Going up the face of the high tour mountain. <laughs> That's the worst thing you did. <laughs> I uh, I would never tell her I did that. Uh, they had the cable then, and they had the light up there, and a group of us went up off 9W because we always went around to South Mountain Road and went up that way. Yeah. Because it was easy. Oh, she went the long way. And we went up the face of it, the cliff part, because of the uh, the cable it was big. And we got to the cable, and I looked at it, and I thought I was going to be sick. But, but just to prove that I could do it, I did it with my friends, and I was, you know, I almost cried when I got to the top. I thought I was going to die that day. <laughs> so that's the one thing I did that my mother, I would never tell my mother. <laughs> we weren't as adventurous as that. <laughs> I think I grew up more in the age of, um, because drinking was allowed by 18, so of course we probably started earlier, you know, so I think, as I always thought my mother didn't know, but she knew more than I thought, since she had, I had uh, three sisters ahead of me, that we all started drinking at a much earlier age, you know, driving around the car, up at the lakes, things like that, you know, there was a lot of <clears throat> marijuana, but not that I never got into that part of it, but all my friends did. Mm -hmm. I think that was the major issue in my, in my generation. 
I don't know. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> no, really. She didn't. I, she was an athlete. I didn't. Anything that would be considered, like, not even wrong. Or... Other than puking <laughs> vodka, some, uh, watermelon vodka. She had a party at the house. I didn't know. Oh, I had a party oh. at the house. But you knew. So, obviously, this is no, not we, something. No, that just came out the past two couple weeks. No, I had Your a. Your husband told on you. I had a party at the house. We were like seniors in high school, but it was just close friends, or for maybe like not even six people. It wasn't a party. Like your brother would have never done that. Right. Um, <laughs> and I've only puked twice in my entire life, and I was of age. <laughs> and um, but other than that, uh, our parents raised us to be you know completely truthful and honest, and that they wouldn't get mad. They just wanted to know where we were. And so I honest, I didn't really keep anything from them growing mm-hmm. up. And I didn't really do anything that scandalous. I always knew everything about Aaron. Mm. Sorry. What was your favorite thing about your mother's closet? And what did you learn from her closet? Oh, my, my when I was growing up, my mother had all these shoes. <laughs> <clears throat> And it, you know, it was like amazing. To, um, she did. It was like her whole, you know, the old closet, and, and the shoes were all, all in it, and everything. That would always amazed me. The shoes. I never looked at her clothes. <laughs> I was just fascinated with the different shoes. <laughs> I realized that my mother turned into my grandmother. <laughs> that now, as we all moved out. My mother's clothes are in every bedroom, even though she has a walk-in closet, which we don't have. And yes, slowly, every room has become her closet. And guess what? And you turned into your mother and your grandmother. So when me and Brendan moved out, every single closet in the house has coats and capes and shoes and dresses and scarves and a new closet and a new closet that was built in in another room that didn't have a closet before that has now taken over (laughs) with her clothes but daddy has enough firehouse t-shirts to wear one for every single day and there's not enough room for those no no um and what was the second what did you learn about um What's your favorite thing about Mod Oh, what's <laughs> Um, I don't know. Closets, I should say. I don't I don't know if there's a particular item, but there's never a casual outfit for mom. And I think, you know, everybody will see her out and they'll they'll say, Where are you going? Oh, just shop right, just just a pharmacy. Um she always dresses her best um so i don't think you know you're not gonna find a t-shirt anywhere i guess that's my favorite part because we're very different in that sense i don't wear t-shirts <laughs> <laughs> what are you more influenced were you more influenced by your mother or father and how was your relationship different with either one Oh, my mother influenced me the most, you know. Uh, but and uh, but uh, my, I'll tell you, my father was the one that taught me being uh, being patriotic, 
my father never missed putting a flag out for any of the holidays, uh, special memorial bells, decoration day then, and, and all that. So I think I could, he was influencing me in that way. Uh, my mother, uh, my, I, my mother was just a loving person, and I think uh, I always wanted to be like her, like that way, a gracious, loving person. Well, she was really a lady. My mother was truly a lady. <laughs> so, I don't know why, you know, but she was, and uh, she influenced me like that. <clears throat> and she always talked, you know, I mean, to all the time, you know, if you ask questions, you know, or anything. But. I think you get it from both. You pull what you want from both, mm. you know, at different ages. You know, um, but I got married young, like my mother, um, you know, so I, you know, I knew she made it and did well, and that's why I probably got married as young as I did, you know, and I'm thankful, and I think because of my parents' marriage, that no matter what happened, you were going to make it work. I mean, I would never, ever not have had it, you know, even whatever it happened, because you see that your parents have done the same. You know, as I got older, um, thank goodness, when I went back for nursing, I had the time with my dad that I would never, ever replace, you know, because at those times he was working. And then I got the time finally towards his end of his life, you know, for many years of taking care of him and getting closer to him than I ever have. So I did get, get it from both. At different times in my life, I think you look for it. Um, yeah, I'd have to say the same thing. I think my father taught us that he's extremely hardworking. He would do anything for his family. If you needed him to work 24 hours a day, he would, um, just to make sure that we had everything that we needed. He's dedicated to his community. He volunteers his time as, as a firefighter. If you need food donated, if you need it cooked, everybody goes to him. Um, and as far as my mother, I mean, I think that most of the influence comes from her. She's the reason why I became a healthcare worker. Um, being a mother, watching her be a grandmother, even growing up. I mean, it's how you treat others. Uh, I always say she can forgive anybody, which is not my best quality. Um, I hold on to it a little bit longer, but I think that, like mom said, you, you pull different aspects in part of your life, and as you're growing up, you kind of look back and realize, all right, you know, that's the, way, that's the reason why mom and dad reacted this way, or that kind of thing, because when you're young, you think, you know, nothing's gonna happen to you, and you don't understand the true trials and tribulations of marriage and having children. Um, but it's, it's pretty equal. And I think that we're all pretty fortunate to have two loving, involved parents raising us. Uh, for both, all three of you went on to marry your high school sweethearts. How and why did you choose your significant other? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, okay. I I will. I'll tell you. Um, I I met my. But how husband. did you meet? Yeah, I mean. Oh yeah, I met my husband at Bobby Freeman's birthday party, December seventeenth, back then, and um, Bobby Freeman invited me because he liked me. What year? Uh, uh, 19, oh God, I think it was 52, because I didn't go out till 1953 with my husband, I mean my boyfriend then. Anyway, uh, I hit it off so well with my Jack that I, uh, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with him. He walked me home and that was it. We started going out. I don't think Bobby Freeman ever forgave me for that. <laughs> we always laughed about that afterwards, you know. <laughs> so, you know, and uh, we just had, had a lot of fun together, you know. So, and stuck it out. February 10th, 1953, I, I, I started to go, uh, I, I started going steady with him. I never forgot <clears throat> that either. But then how long were you dating before you got married? What year did you get married? Fifty-five. So, so you were together for 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 nineteen three years. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I think uh, well, I started dating. It was our freshman year. October seventeenth was our first date, nineteen seventy-five, and we stuck it out all through high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were. I mean, not constantly together, um, but we pretty much. You know the weekends, and as of course my husband did work in the deli. Well, my boyfriend at the time, the deli, but he played football, he played baseball, so that was what our, what you did. Um, he was always very quiet, and it's surprising that I could, because I guess I could talk more than he could, that he stuck it out with me for so many years. Yeah. And we got married in uh, 81, so we were dated for six, seven years beforehand. Mm-hmm. I technically met Danny in third grade, and um, I swear that I had a crush on him, but he liked my friend Lauren and Jenny first, (laughs) and then, um, because I specifically remember writing in my diary, and I didn't know how to spell Gonzalez. I like Danny Gonzalez. That's what third grader knows how to spell Gonzalez. And then we went to different middle schools, and then we reconnected our sophomore year of high school, which was in 2012. Um, no, 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 2002. And in fact, one of my friends liked him, and I said, hey, look, I know him. We went to elementary school together. I'll hook the two of you guys up. So in the process of doing that, me and him got close again, and it didn't end up working out with my friend and the other girl, and him. And so then we started dating. So we started dating in May of 2003. We finished high school. I went away to college, and we every every big milestone in our lives was kind of like, okay, well we're gonna go. I'm gonna go do this. You go do this. If we're together at the end, then great. So we went to different undergrads. We were still together. We doing. I went to PT school. He went on to get his master's. Still together. Um, and then we ended up getting married in July of 2013. So we were together for 10 years before we got married. 
there a moment or event that radically changed the way you saw the world? Vietnam. How so? Um, I, I, I remember it so well in my mind that when they said they were sending troops to Vietnam and we had the big uprising in the country, like hell I won't go. And uh, and uh, I thought I thought it was the wrong uh, for us to go there. I had I had some very deep arguments with people I worked with, and uh, you know they said you're and I and they said oh you're not supporting the troops. I said I never said that, and I would never say that. I said I always supported the, our troops. I said I prayed for them, and I said our government didn't support them. They came back, they were almost like criminals at the time. Our government turned their back on all these American soldiers that came back, and I'll never forget that. And it sort of, it sort of changed me a lot that our government wasn't that great. You know, you always think the government's there for you, and I, I think uh, the government wasn't. Now that was that was my most radical change. <clears throat> I think mine would have to be 9/11, mm-hmm. the day at work and working with patients, and all of a sudden, you know, you see it on the TV because you're in the hospital and they all have the news on. It's early in the morning, and you just can't believe what you're seeing. Right. And you had to continue working with tears in your eyes, you know, um, because I worked on a difficult unit. Um, a spinal cord where they had so much going on too but we were all living in a moment that we just could not believe that it was so easy for terrorists to come in and kill so many of our people and in our own state you know it was so close to home my husband was mm-hmm. there and then when the the train the the plane was going towards Washington I knew you were, uh, my son was always you know somewhere out on the in DC, um, it was just a, a horrible, horrible time. You know, um, my husband was stuck in the city for a couple of days. You know, at least he was safe as a hotel worker, but it just hit so close to home, and you just wonder how it could happen again. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, I was a freshman in high school, and I'll never forget Mr. Han, the principal at the time, came over the loudspeaker. And that was kind of like the first, like, announcement, you know, that we had heard ever in our school career. Like, here's the information, but we don't know, we don't really have any. And just the first time that I realized that, like, true fear, like, somebody can come and harm you for no reason. Um, and then all the, all the aftermath. Like at the time, I didn't really understand any anything about Manhattan. Or asking her teachers, you know, where where is the World Trade Center in Manhattan? Is it close to St. Regis? Like where? Like what should I be worried about? And you didn't you, you and at that time, I never really realized the magnitude of that day. Um, you know, you'll never forget the color of the sky. You'll never mm-hmm. forget the mm-hmm. images on the TV that day. And that, and in reality, that's really depicted the remainder of my adulthood because we're still, 
we're still dealing with all of that and I don't think it'll ever it'll ever go away I agree with you there how have you or currently how do you cultivate in particular you all have daughters so how do you cultivate your daughter's imaginations or did you Wait, how do I cult cultivate your daughter's imagination growing up? Oh, well, I I believe in reading. That was like a, a big thing, even though my daughter Nancy says I never read to her. <laughs> no, I I I did that though, you know, because I I always read. I I when I was young, I read. You know, like Nancy Drew, all that stuff when I was growing up. So uh, I always believed in, in reading, and that was one of the things to cultivate. And uh, and uh, I uh, I can't say you know just being me and being a mother, you know, being there for them and everything. The other part is they learned all their painting and how to mow the lawn from their father. <laughs> yeah, that's what we did. <laughs> I never did anything with that. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> I'd have to say I've always enforced uh, that you could do and be whatever you wanted mm -hmm. to do. And I think I probably pushed it a lot. And I was probably, as they, they would tell me my two children, I was strict. You know, I enforced a lot, you know. Um, but mm -hmm. I think in the end it betters their life. I mean, they were they stood in church with me every Sunday, so there was the faith part. There was always if there was a family party, we were to attend. You never did not, you know. And it was all those small things of building your home that created a much better imagination. I think for other things, and reading also was. We used to yell at Erin that she read too much. Mm -hmm. So we all read. Our whole family does. They're all big readers right. still today. My sisters mm -hmm. and now and my daughter and my son, we all do that still. So that goes on. Uh, I think that Danny and I try to make the girls exposed to as much as we can. Sometimes we get in trouble for it from our parents. <laughs> um, but... I think that it's, besides reading, because the girls love to read and they love to listen to stories about, you know, how obviously Brendan kindly buys them books about major people in, in our society and what they've done and ordinary people changing lives. But also, uh, we take them places and even though they might be a little too young to completely understand the concept we try and explain to them and answer them questions. So, and we, we try and do that in, in terms of like experiences. So we take them to the city. We took them to when the women's world cup team won to the parade to, to try and say like, this is, it's a big deal. Um, we take them to pride events because we believe that you can love anybody that you love. Um, and again, they probably don't understand it, but we want them to, that to be a part of their lives and never to question it otherwise. Um, so we try, we try to give them as much experience as possible. Zoe's a little young. She just, you know, she's there for the bouncy houses and the food, but Emma's starting to get a little bit more, uh, inquisitive and question things. And, you know, you see her, 
her wheels working in her head. Um, but yeah, the same, basically. What do you think the most important advice you got from your mother that you hoped or have passed on to your daughters? Well, I can say for one that mom always taught me that uh, you're going to be an independent person. You have your own education, you have your own finances, that if things were to change in the drop of a dime that you could withstand on your own. That you love your husband, you stand by him, but if anything were to happen, that you could still continue living your life and giving your family a life without anybody else. I thought um, uh, my mother the, really told me how much family means because she, uh, every Sunday, had the family there. Mm -hmm. And uh, no matter what, the family was was there. It was my uncle Bill and, and you know my cousins and the mayor, whoever stopped by. <laughs> That's the way Havistrow was back then. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, even though my mother never never went out, I mean she never was a, a goer. And she uh, but being a, you know she was honored by a lot of people because she opened her house to them, and I I felt. That that was, uh, she didn't have to tell me anything. I knew, you know, that's the right thing to do. It's true. I think growing up, it was so much fun. At that time, it was great because we all lived near one another. Right. Where my mother doesn't have that, mm -hmm. you know. All my sisters are all spread apart, you know, and uh, it's more difficult, and you do miss the family Sunday get-togethers, mm -hmm. you know, but it's a different world today where everybody right. had to move wherever the jobs were or, you know, um, so it does, it does get a lot different. And thank God I have my daughter and her two girls that live near me, which I'm blessed with, and my son who visits often, you know, so I, I do have the blessings that a lot of parents don't have, and I am lucky, and that's what I love. What advice would you give to your younger self at like age 20, 30, 40? My younger self? Yeah, what advice would you give yourself? To maybe um, learn to speak up once in a while, you know? Do you think that was your generation, that you weren't allowed to? No, no. Um, I. It's not that. It's that sometimes... People would annoy me, and then you know, instead of saying something to them, I, um, you know, I get quiet and everything. But now mm -hmm. I find it's better that I am quiet <laughs> because I, when, because because uh, a lot of my friends like are on a different thing, mm -hmm. political party there, and I and I don't open my mouth now, so which is a which is a good thing that I didn't really learn to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think I probably got married too young. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm blessed that I love my husband as much as I do um, and probably love him more now. Mm -hmm. But um, I probably, you know, I chose to go to do hairdressing and then I found my true love was nursing. And I kind of wish that I had the time to continue on with that education. Um, 
instead of getting hurt while I was working. But um, I miss going to college, I think, was my biggest thing. It was my, my, it was my mistake, but that was it. I mean, it was presented there. Um, if I had to give advice to my younger self, I'd probably say to go away to college. Mm -hmm. I'm a homebody, and I can't be away from home for a long period of time. Yeah, it's a generation problem. And mm -hmm. I chose schools all very close. And originally went, went, went quote-unquote away to a school that was an hour away and was home every weekend um, and then transferred to a school and commuted for a while. But I probably would have told myself to suck it up and get through it and go away more than like five hours like Washington DC and never come back <laughs> I'm brilliant <laughs> mm -hmm. was there something your parents did when you were a kid that you swore you'd never do yourself and end up doing and end up doing my parents did they swore I'd never do myself end up doing um, oh uh, uh, well this is like I was really young okay so my which my father really my mother was a disciplinarian and, and, and my my but that my girlfriend and I were going to the carnival and and they they I don't know probably 12 what was it, 11 something I was young <clears throat> and they told me I couldn't go, and I and that's the first my father said I couldn't go because it was going to rain, and I and I got all upset, and and I said, you, you know, I, and my girlfriend came and I said I can't go, and I was so mad at both of them, and it rained. <laughs> so, the, but and and then uh, uh, when my daughters got older, they wanted to go to the St. Patrick's Day parade. I, I told them they couldn't go to the parade because I was worried about them. So so I turned around in a sort of way like my mother and father did because they were worried about me going mm -hmm. to the car. That's the best thing I could, you know, go together with on that, you know. So that's a hard question. I know. I'm still thinking. Is it something you're asking, something? Something that you, you said, Mom, oh, God, I'm never going to do that like her. Yeah. Yeah. And you end up inevitably doing. Mm. Um, oh, we weren't allowed out on Saturday mornings until all our housework was done. Mm -hmm. You know, from ironing to this to that, you know. I don't remember you guys doing ironing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that basket was in that whole closet. And well, all, and all the, everything, everything at that time had to be ironed. But we always... And, and still, my kids, when I explained that somebody, we switched, because there were so many of us, one set the table, one cleared the table, one well, washed, true. one dried, and then you rotated, you know? <laughs> and what the, my parents did, um, which was probably something that I should have done, was you guys didn't have to do any of that, you know? Why pretty my much? room was always clean. Though. No, Brendan, it was not. Okay. Um, Aaron might have helped out, but you guys were always so busy from sports. You guys have different lives than we had. You know, I mean, you had things going on in your lives. So dinner wasn't always at 530. Like we all sat around the table 
and we didn't even talk until my father finished talking to my mother about his day at work and it took a long time because he chewed in between but um what i was getting at was oh my god i forgot my point um was trying to enforce you know you guys to do more stuff around the house and didn't happen as much did it well, you're a little particular about your lawn, so we couldn't really mow the lawn. And Probably the way the bed was made, And too. the pillowcases have to be ironed, and the vacuum lines have to go a certain way. So we just right. never did it correctly, I guess. Um, that came know. from my mother. The only thing I could think of is, I don't have many, I only have about five years of parenting under my belt. Um, so I haven't really gotten to like some crazy situations. But I remember... My mother was very strict in church, and we had, I remember being young and just not wanting to be there, or, you know, there was always a soccer game that we had to go to, and there was a specific time, I remember, we had, you know, we would plan our church times and masses around Sunday morning soccer games, and my best friend growing up, her parents were the same way. So we would inevitably always be in church in our soccer uniforms together. And I can't remember. And your brother was an altar server. And, and it must have been like, a, a, say like a 9 o'clock soccer game or 10 o'clock soccer game. And so, well, then we have to go to 7.30 mass. And I remember wanting to leave. And, you know, we no, this is the most important part of the Mass. We have to stay until the most important part of the Mass. And this and this and this. And I remember saying, I am never going to do that. Because this is ridiculous. Like, whatever. And now, I we I, I don't say that we won't, don't get up to the earliest Mass. But the girls are with me at church. If we can't make it on a Sunday, we try and do Saturday evenings or Sunday night mass to try and make and sure it's part of their lives. They're dressed nice and their hair is done. They're dressed properly and, you know, <laughs> yes, where most people show up in whatever they show, show up, up in. in. And I also told myself I'm never going to make a comment like you wore sweatpants to church. <laughs> and I try not to do that. But I do. <laughs> What's the best thing a child or a daughter can do for you right now? Right now. Be in my life. Yeah. May um be always, you know, just be in my life, you know, and they all are. That's that's all I ask, you know? Keep in touch, you know, and and I I think they're wonderful. They really are. I mean, they call, they come if they can come. So that's that's my wish. They'll always be in my life. Mine is pretty much the same, and also sometimes uh, not being the healthiest. I know my daughter is nearby, you know, and. I have the gift that she's in the health field, which I find today, the way our hospitals are run, that you need somebody in the health field. So I am blessed in the way of knowing that I'm well protected if anything happens to me health-wise. My girls are with me all the time. So, I mean, the best thing that they could do for me is just, you know, hug me in the morning, kiss me goodnight. Yeah. That's all that I ask for them. Uh, 
Mom, Grandma, you guys are both Jet fans. Erin, you're a Giant fan. Uh, what is wrong with you? <laughs> that I got from my father. <laughs> right, so the house divided. I think we're both pretty screwed, so. <laughs> we're going to end with uh, James Lipson's famous questionnaire concept that was originated by French TV personality Bernard Bavoir on about the Provost Questionnaire. Is a set of questions asked by French writer Marcel Provost and used a lot in some modern interviews. A series of 10 questions that are just a little more fun, a little more light. So we'll go around the table. Oh, oh. What is your favorite word? <laughs> um, I have to think of that. I'll I was say, my favorite word. I'll say faith. Thank you. <laughs> okay, I gotta. I, you know, I, I really don't know what my favorite word. What is, is your least favorite word? Oh, you know that. That four four letter word. Yeah. What does it begin with? Yeah. There's a lot of four letter words. It's not long. No, that's my it's least that, favorite I, word. And, yeah, and, I uh, think it really shows the personality yeah. sometimes. I would it's think used. my favorite word is wonderful. You know, wonderful or amazing. And I probably lose amazing a lot because I go, oh, that's amazing that he yeah. did that, you know. Mm -hmm. so. What's my least favorite word? Um, I'd probably say hate. I was going to say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What excites you? Oh, football games. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is my two girls, my grandchildren. Uh, that's kind of hard. I would either say my children or uh, truly helping somebody either do something new, learn something new, or just any little aspect that I can help them with their lives. What turns you off? What time? What? What turns you off? People that complain all the time. Really, truly, people. I had I broke a friendship that I had for a long time, and talked to this woman every week, and all I heard about her is what she was going through in her life, and I mm -hmm. I broke it off. I just didn't talk to her anymore. I can't wait to hear who it is. Um, it must be me, because my son says I complain. Now, this is a woman I, you know. But when I, I don't complain, I just will walk by and say I have a headache from a neck injury, and he takes that as complaint. But it's not that it stops me from doing whatever I do. Okay, so what turns you off? What turns me <laughs> off is my son telling me that I complain. <laughs> and after a while, it got me really upset that I had to go ask my husband, do I? Yeah. Uh, what turns me off, I would probably say... Um, like, kind of similar, like negativity, when someone can never see anything good in a situation. Yeah. Can't see the light through the tunnel. Right. 
What sound or noise do you love? Clapping. Mine is a belly laugh. Or I love to, you know, I just got into the clapping because they clap for all the health workers. Oh. So every time it comes on TV, I sit there and I clap with them because it makes me feel good mm -hmm. and it makes, though they don't hear me, it makes them feel good. So that that's my new word, clapping. That's good, Mom. Okay. Yeah. Mine's laughing. Mm. Um, yeah, I'd probably say hearing my kids laughing. Mm. Yeah, probably. It's always got a good belly laugh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? Uh, people when they when they're uh, talking, they're loud. You know. Like on TV, like you know, politicians, anybody, anybody that's just loud, you know, just angry loud, and I don't like that. I have always hated the sound of the fire whistle or an ambulance, and still today I want to work on an ambulance, but I cannot stand the sirens from being young when my father would go to fires. I don't know. Um. I really don't know about that one. Skip that one. I can't really skip it. Okay, fun. okay. Um, <laughs> you can think about it. I'll think about it. Go to the next one. Now, Michael's answered this question, so you can ask. You can answer it. What is your favorite curse word? Oh, my favorite curse, curse word. Freaking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I taught that to my grandchildren. <laughs> That's not considered no, a curse. I, I really don't. I don't curse. Only once in a while, once in a blue moon, I say shit. But very rare do I do that. Did, oh, they, I, did, I you, think, did I they pick think, that up? I think we've heard. I think we've heard you say some fond words on one o'clock and four o'clock on Sundays. No. Oh, oh. during a football oh, yeah, game. <laughs> I'm on a basketball thing now, and I was football, but. Yeah. Oh, do I have to actually say the word? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I, I hate the, the word asshole. No, but it was your favorite curse word. Oh, it was my favorite? Yeah. I thought it was the one I hated. Oh, jeez, I missed that. I point. hate that word, too, but I do say that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I think I call the president that all the time. I got, got away from doing that, but now I... I probably, the I if I'm really upset or furious, I would use the F word, which I've never used, and find myself sometimes using it. <laughs> that was, like, completely... Oh, I got Opposite the wrong question? No. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> I know. Um, no, I was... my favorite curse word is the F word. Yeah. It, it gives emphasis of whatever you're feeling. And I will not be shy that I have a pretty bad potty mouth, so it, I use it frequently. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't teach you that. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Would you have liked to attempt? I I uh, I I think I would have made a good uh, teacher. I would have liked to have been a teacher. After I went up, it, it was like with the computer lab up in the high school, and and uh, you know and talking to the kids. I I really had uh, I enjoyed the kids. I really did, and I 
I think maybe I would have been, and, and then after a while, I thought maybe I don't want to be a teacher after you know, all these other kids, but that, yeah, that, that I was interested, you know. I don't know, because I've always, I had always wanted to be a nurse, and it took me, to, when I was 30, to actually go back for it, because I didn't think I could do it, mm-hmm. and then when I was sick so many times in the hospital, I just admired them, so I did fulfill my dream. And still wish I was there. Um, I'm the same way. I wanted to be a physical therapist ever since I can remember. Um, but I think there's part of me that thinks that I probably could have gone to med school. And I don't think that I would want to be a doctor in this day and age. But just to say that I, I did it and I could do it. Mm-hmm. Why did you do? You could have been an orthopedic surgeon. I don't want to do that. But. <laughs> you could have put me over my knee. And <laughs> no, I'd rather. I think if you had to like specify, I think I'd you know, I'd go all in, be like a neurosurgeon or something. Yeah. I I would pick some pretty yeah. tough ones. What profession would you not like to do outright? Not like to do. Would have never said I. That's something I would never go do. Well, I probably veterinarian. <laughs> I always liked animals, but I probably could never do that. That's what I, <laughs> I would never want to be a teacher. I think teachers have one of the hardest jobs in our society, and we don't value them enough. And they work extremely hard to take care of our children when we can't. Um, and that we're very tough on them. Thinking, oh, you have summers off and you have these vacations, but these people pour their heart and soul into educating our children, and they're not given enough credit for it. Yeah. No, I, I think that's probably a good answer. I'd have to agree with that because I can't really think of another profession that I would hate. Mm-hmm. Our final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You did okay, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to say you were a caring person. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, similar. You did everything you could. Yeah. Well, thank you, all three of you. And I leave you with uh, John 3. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And I think it's clear that all of your children are walking upright in the truth. So thank you for joining me. Thank you. Okay, thank you.